Hi, my name is Duncan and we are the Fancy Football Fanatics. This week I'm joined by Matt in London, Ben in LA and Gary in London. Matt, I'm going to come to you first. What is your football moment of the week? Um, my football moment of the week is I mean, it's slightly linked to fantasy because I always watch football through the lens of fantasy. Um, it was Liverpool's first goal against Arsenal um, where Van Dijk was horrendously fouled in the area and was claiming for a penalty right up to the point that the rest of the team was cheering the goal that Matip had just headed uh, into the back of the net. So I thought it was quite amusing. Uh, and I personally wanted that penalty to be given and the goal to be ruled out uh, so that I could get my uh, VVD assist and then maybe a Salah goal. Um, although Salah came through in the end, I guess, at some points. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't even start smiling when the goal went. Continuing to protest about the, the shirt yeah. pull. It was quite... Uh... Louise the ref, yeah, just be like, yeah, right, suits you right, I'll give you a penalty. Yeah. Louise, yeah, he, 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 um, he, uh, he conceded two penalties in that game. He just uh, was very fortunate that Matip scored before it could be given. With the, um, with the foul on Van Dijk, I think it was Socrates who was holding Van Dijk whilst trying to head the ball away from Matip. So much multitasking. <laughs> he just couldn't focus on one properly, so he, he messed them both up. Classic Arsenal defending. Uh, <laughs> matched by David Luiz, as you say. Yeah. Uh, An enjoyable yeah. game all round, I'd say. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I said that David Luiz was going to be good fun. Um, you know, Arsenal have been a bit of a joke for a long time and now we've got a clown. It's all good. It's all good. I'm fine. Deep breaths, deep breaths. Um, <laughs> Gary, what was your moment of the week, your football moment of the week? Um, so I'm going to... Um... I, I promise I won't pick Sheffield United defeats every week, but um, I was, I've been quite enjoying the comments from the um, Sheffield United fans online. I think the, the Guardian Football Weekly said uh, Barry Glendening was saying, oh, their supporters are a chippy lot. They're always going on at something. So I, I kind of we wanted to, um, for, for kind of very vociferously booing uh, Jamie Vardy. Um, and I know you sometimes boo players who've played for your rivals but his crime was merely to support Sheffield Wednesday um, there's no other reason why they were booing him other than he's a Wednesday fan uh, which seems to be taking a bit it's, it's also um, he, he was on the youth books at Wednesday but he got released he was never a, played beyond about 17 I think uh, you don't want to wind up it's Jamie Vardy um, he seems like kind of, kind of like little aggressive guy who kind of thrives on it so when he scored that goal and he just stood in front of the United fans, kind of cupped his ears, there's a wonderful photograph of all the uh, United fans giving him some polite uh, feedback. But uh, I think Vardy loved it. So, um, so well, well done to him. Yeah, that was definitely a moment, kind of a highlight of the week, just Vardy being so Vardy. And he's back. He hasn't been around for the, last, the first two game weeks, but now he's back. He just needed that negativity to get him back in the game. Probably wants to play Sheffield United every week. And <laughs> um, what about you, Ben? What was your football moment of the week? Uh, so my football moment, um, just just saw a tweet from BBC Sport about the Ashley Barnes song, which Duncan, you broke to the masses one week earlier. So ahead of the game, our pod, um, way ahead of BBC Sport. And then they interviewed Ashley Barnes and was like, oh, have you heard about this song about you? Um, and he was like, yeah, Joe Hart knows all the words to it. <laughs> and they play it before um, every game in their, um, in their changing room. So 
um, seems to be working for him, still banging them in. So I thought that was quite funny. Uh, it's my football moment because, Duncan, you were ahead of the game. Well, we were ahead of the BBC on that, but the BBC were ahead of us on the Pookie song. So after this, the end of this week's podcast, we're going to have the Pookie song featuring, which is just as good. I mean, just as, yeah, entertaining. So, yeah, stay tuned for that. And, yeah, of course, I love your highlight, Ben. Ashley Barnes, that's so cool. They play it in the dressing room. Um, nice one. My my football moment of the week um, is is probably going to be less enjoyable for you, Ben. It is Manchester United losing at home to a team who looked like they couldn't score any goals, Crystal Palace. And they made Jordan Ayew look like a good player. And um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Matt's been saying it for a couple of weeks now. Um, man, you, you know, just wait and see, just wait and see. It, it might not be you know the second coming and it yeah it's all falling apart um yeah so i, I guess my highlight is i, I love palace so, <laughs> we all came from you know we all went to school apart from gary who went to school up north we went to school near palace so nice to see them doing well yeah we were robbed there uh as, as far as i can see from the highlights uh, should have been a couple more penalties to our to us and they scored the only two chances um a bit annoying, but as a Man U fan, at least we're playing entertaining football. So I'm still, on balance, happy, happier than I was this time last season. You're just, you're just so contrary, Matt. Before you were like, hold back, and now you're like, no, they're amazing. <laughs> I can decision, man. I'd like to be balanced in some way and say, do you know what? We're okay this season. Like we're not great, not good, but um, uh, but everyone insists on like going to the extreme for Man U. I think all the time. Um, so. The, the commentary is either that Man U are completely complete shambles or actually building a really good project that could win the league. And it's probably somewhere in the middle. But for yourself, you've gone for Maguire and have you brought in Martial? Yeah, so I, I slammed Martial, but um, I'm going to say that you guys convinced me on last week's pod that Martial was probably worth the pick. Um, at seven and a half million Man, uh, Man U striker uh, who is at least on good form and I thought he'd be picking up his uh, his bonus points for clean sheets as well um, alongside Maguire, but alas, no, not last week. Uh, De Gea let a let a weak one in. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, so that's our football moments of the week covered. Let's have a look at our FPL moments of the week. And Gary, I'm going to come to you first for your FPL moment. Okay, well, um, it seems like there's been an exodus from most of your teams with Mo Salah, him going out. So I was the, I think only me and Matt in our kind of group on here still have him. And I was the only one who captained him. So I was doubly supporting him yesterday against Arsenal. And yeah, I mean, he's such a, he, he kind of is such a thrilling player that he's almost, we kind of take him for granted now. I think he kind of makes extraordinary things look really simple like the, those two touches where he just kind of controlled it and then um uh david Luiz, um and then the way he kind of ran inside monreal so monreal couldn't get back to, to tackle him and just stroked it in I and mean, it's a solo goal where he's re received the ball back to goal but he almost made it look like a formality um so so that and the, the penalty obviously getting those 15 points i, I was having a rotten week um but then Mo Salah can just save your team uh, if he's on form. Um, so, so those 30 points have, uh, have really boosted me. Was it you and our WhatsApp group were saying Mo Salah saving uh, people's game weeks since 2017? 
yeah he's 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 like a he's a bit he's like a lifesaver yeah he's he's one of those it's i almost put him in my team at the start of the season because i didn't want to watch liverpool games knowing that other people had him in their team and i didn't because i I learned the hard way at the end of last season how that can go yeah can go really really badly (laughs) um matt what about your fbl moment of the week um, so I made three transfers this week uh, so for a minus four hit, and it didn't really come off other than uh, Timu Puki, who I know like a lot of people have jumped on board with. But it was uh, it was very enjoyable to actually celebrate alongside other fantasy managers and Norwich fans this week, as as Puki slammed uh, a good what eleven points uh, score of a goal and goal and assist, uh, which was fantastic. Uh, so I'm all aboard the Puki train now and uh, can support him for the rest of the season. Um, Who else did you bring in apart from Puki? So I bought in Digne and uh, Martial and subbed out uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold to sort of fund the whole thing. Um, and I use a prayers have done nothing. Um, so I, I missed out on Trent's assist. I guess I got Martial's assist, but I guess having burnt four points for that, uh, it's still a negative overall at the moment. But that, that Puki uh, alongside Salah and Sterling has basically meant I've had a fairly, fairly decent Averagey, uh, well, above average game week. So uh, it's rolling on pretty well so far. Nice one. Um, ben, what was your FPL moment of the week? Uh, not too many highlights. Uh, so, like you, Duncan, went for the sneaky early wildcard. Um, so, my thinking behind it is I, I'm normally the type of manager that wildcards early. I've done it in normally game week four, I think the past couple of seasons. Um, normally to kind of I take an early read of what's happening early on in the season and I, I try and build value early on. I think my wildcard this year has um, kind of spectacularly <laughs> backfired because um, I wasn't I was top of the league but I don't think I am anymore. Um, I think my thinking behind it was I really wanted uh, Kevin De Bruyne and I had a double Bournemouth uh, attack, Wilson and King, which I, I really wanted to get rid of. Um, and I, I see like there being like four main players, four big hitters really, Sterling, Kane, Salah, De Bruyne, um, and you can't really afford all of them. So I went with Kane, Sterling, De Bruyne, just based on fixtures. Um, obviously Kane didn't do anything today. I thought they should have had a penalty that, that wasn't given. Um, I think VAR messed up quite a lot this weekend. Also, I had Rashford who missed a penalty as well. Um, so a, a below average week for me. Um, the, the only good thing was on my wildcard, I also got Pookie in as well. So, yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to stick with it. But not having Salah, I think, could prove to be a mistake. I love that you're saying you think you're going to stick with it. I mean, getting Mo Salah in is not the easiest thing after a wildcard, is it? Yeah, it would It would have to be like a, a back to like Kane to Greenwood and then, I don't know, like Trossard to Salah or something like that. Um, I, I just thought, I just thought Spurs' fixture run was so good, and and Kane, I think, a little bit fitter at the start of the season, and I thought he would have the bit between his teeth, but not proving the case because um, Pochettino refusing to play Eriksson because of his transfer saga is kind of messing up their whole kind of attack. But your your move for in the in the back line for I don't know how to say his name, the Leicester centre half, Turkish Soyuncu. <laughs> Yes, so you, I don't know, that but he got an assist. Yeah. A, a very jammy assist where 
the ball hit his head and then Harvey Barnes just smashed it in. That was, that was pretty good. But I feel like we, we, we should all individually have a go at saying Soyunku's name. <laughs> okay, Gary, you're next. Soyunchu? I mean, we have, no one has any idea who's right. <laughs> I, 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 I visited Turkey for about 10 hours flight, so I, I must be the expert on it. <laughs> I'm guessing you, you, your pronunciation was correct. Probably. Um, just, just one thing I'd add on um, Salah and that. I, I, I kind of understand what Ben's saying about the fixtures, but and I, and I, I do look at the fixtures a lot when I'm looking at kind of mid-ranking. But I wonder if someone like Salah is a little bit fixture-proof, like whether he's players like him and Sterling. That, I mean, Salah had Arsenal this week and it didn't stop him, but, but he's just one of those that you can kind of back on to score against anyone. Do you think, I mean, coming on to my FPL moment of the week, I've also world-carted like Ben, and I've brought in Mane instead of Salah. Do you think you can in some way kind of cover Salah's points or get close to Salah's points for a million left through Mane, or do you think that's just wishful thinking? That's what I did last season, um, and it pretty much worked. I mean, I think Mane probably got about 20 or 30 points less than Salah. He was about 3 million cheaper last season, wasn't he? Or is at least 2.5 million cheaper. Um, there are games like last week where Mane fires and Salah doesn't. So it, can, it was a bit of a differential last season for me. So it's a, it's a strategy, but it's very bold going as um, Ben's gone, I think, without Mane or Salah. I guess the question mark, Duncan, looking at your team is, uh, could you have, what have you used that million pounds to on? I mean, you sort of got, you got double Everton, so maybe you could have downgraded a, a Coleman to fund Salah. And is that, is that worth it? I, I, to, be, to be honest, my team hasn't scored that great after the early world. I think I'm going to be on about 53 points, maybe something close to that, maybe more, maybe 55 which is fine. I mean, so many times you play a wild card and you end up with 40 points, but, you know, it's for it's a marathon, not a sprint, and I think it's a good start. Double, double, ele double elephant, double Everton defence does look like a bit of an error, but I do like the threat of Coleman and Dina. And Coleman nearly got an assist. Um, uh, you know, it should have been. I can't remember who it was, but I think it might have been Calvert-Lewin who missed a sitter that Coleman put on a plate. And Coleman has had a few of those in the game week so far. So I'm kind of inclined to stick with them. I know Everton aren't scoring goals, but I think that will click at some point. And defensively, they've been OK. They were pretty terrible against Villa. But there's just there's the threat from those fullbacks that I like. Apart from that, it's uh, Laporte and Van Dijk. I had to do what Matt did, downgrade Trent, which I'm very sad about. I love Trent, but Van Dijk is a sensible and cheaper pick. We're not more sensible, but he will play every game. Think. Uh, I wanted to bring in De Bruyne like Ben as well, and I wanted to get on the Marshall hype train just in case it, you know, sped off into the sunset and I couldn't afford him anymore. And I, or obviously, I wanted to bring in, you know, the top, the front two of Barnes and to go alongside Pookie. So Barnes has come in for me, the legend that is, and he's come in with a goal and a bonus point. So that is awesome. And now I think after the Liverpool game in game week four, he's got a good run of fixtures. So. It's just fun having those two up front. So that's kind of why I wanted to do it. It was my bank was completely drained, um, and it was exactly to zero. So I was like, "Well, this is this is a team that I'm going to enjoy, however badly it goes." So yeah, yeah, nice one. Um, 
Anyone else thinking of wildcarding this week secretly, Matt or Gary or? Uh, not just yet. No, I'm, I'm sort of uh, holding out for the international break. I think, uh, which is a quite a common time to do the wild cards because then you have two glorious weeks of like uh, making different teams and uh, trying to get on those price rises. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I generally try not to wild card unless. You, you feel like the team's is is kind of going wrong somewhere so i'd, I'd slow start but i'm quite i'm reasonably happy with my team at the moment so um so yeah i'm no no immediate plans to wild card we'll maybe reassess in a few weeks fair enough um if you guys want to have a look at our teams in a bit more detail then check us out on twitter ben's been tweeting the profiles of the fanatics and you can have a look at our teams and um, so we're at FPLFF Fanatics on Twitter. If you want to join our, our league on FPL, the code for the league is the at FPLFF Fanatics Podcast League. And the code is lowercase k, 07, lowercase o, lowercase o, f, um, lowercase f. So, yeah, join us on there. And we're going to be giving some shouts out, shout out to the listeners on that a bit later on. Um, okay, the fixtures. Let's have a look at game week four. Gary is up first with Southampton versus Man United. Okay, so this one's usually a tight game at uh, Southampton. Uh, the last three seasons, it's been 2-2, 1-0 to Man United, and then 0-0. So I would kind of expect that to continue. I, th I think, I, I kind of agree with Matt that Man bit better than their results have deserved but then also um, I'm quite a big fan of Hassan Hootel and what he's done with Southampton so I'd say a 1-1 draw is probably quite likely um, so as I'm not saying much about the game I thought to give you a little bit more of an insight particularly on which Manchester United players to choose um, there's a story on the BBC website at the moment about um, someone has apparently uncovered uh, Manchester United Football League um, there's about eight of them in the league. Um, Chris, Sterling, uh, Chris Smalling is top at the moment of their league, who's gone for Raheem Sterling as his captain. Um, but I thought you might be interested in which Manchester United players, the Manchester United, if they are the actual Manchester United players, and it looks like they might be to me, who they've picked. So the, the most popular pick was that they've all, they're all aboard the Martial train. Six of the eight had gone for Martial. Um, five had gone for Aaron Wan-Bissaka and four had gone for uh, podcast favourite uh, Greenwood. Um, so so they're, they're the ones that the insiders in Manchester United um, reckon you should be getting on. Uh, I was particularly interested in, in Ashley Young, who didn't go for any Manchester United players in his team. <laughs> <laughs> So um, club, club captain there, <laughs> wise, yeah, wise man. Yeah, no, and I, I think, um, and just to finish off, I just have to, I have to single out Daniel James. I'm sorry, Daniel, you've been getting a lot of stick for diving lately, but the the state of his fantasy football team is appalling. I think he's um, five million one hundred thousandth in the world at the moment. Um, he was the only player to pick himself, which at least shows some confidence. Um, but in week three, if this is indeed you, Daniel, you've, you've used your wild card and you've only actually transferred two players. So <laughs> just, just, just take the four-point hit, Daniel. There's, there's no need. Um, and I, I also noticed that you, you brought in Zaha in week two. 
and then used your wild card in week three to take Zaha out. Is that because you realised that you're playing against him and you didn't want to be <laughs> conflicted that Zaha would be, um, would, be, would be playing for your fantasy football team against you? So in, in that case, it's going to be quite tricky to, uh, to navigate the fixtures. Uh, but anyway, hopefully Daniel James can improve. But, um, but yeah, Manu, Manu also back in Martial was the main takeaway, apart from Ashley That's Young, obviously. That is brilliant, brilliant scouting, Gary. So interesting to know what they're thinking. They're all with Martial as well. I love it. Um, yeah, the the only like injury news um, we should probably point out to our listeners is Anthony Martial looked injured at the end of that game. Like he couldn't run. Um, he's yellow flagged right now. So I'm anxiously awaiting injury news because he, he is such a great value in that midfield and if he was to get injured for a long period of time i think uh, a lot of managers would have to find um replacements did it look like a, what kind of injury did it look like did he pull up suddenly whilst running or it looked i don't know i am no doctor but he was not moving and it didn't look like cramp uh, i don't know if matt saw it too but um, it wasn't didn't look yeah, particularly good he controlled the ball on the edge of the area and then just stopped so it might be a muscle one um, yeah, there's it, it no one around him where you think that's just a knock. So, depends yeah, how. The thing is, though, it was like the 90th minute, so he might also have just been. And I think we'd already equalised, so I think he might have just been um, sort of just walking it off, uh, knowing he could be subbed off because they don't have done it. So, it might not be as serious as him not running around uh, implies. Definitely one to keep an eye on. Good shout, Ben. Um, Matt, what do you reckon to Chelsea, Sheffield United? Um, so Chelsea got off to uh, their first win uh, against uh, Norwich with a 3-2 win and that was quite an exciting game um, and everyone's been sort of looking and scouting Chelsea really because they've got potentially some bargains in their squad uh, because Chelsea's typically a strong team but their, the prices of their players are really quite, quite affordable and so um, it, it looks like the, the early favourites for like the must-have Chelsea players is uh, Mason Mount at well originally six million, but I think he's up to six point two already. And uh, Tammy Abraham, uh, seven million pound uh, striker. So he he got a nice brace and looks like he's sort of starting to nail down that that starting st- spot up front for Chelsea. Um, so they'll they'll be ones to watch as they play at home against Sheffield United, who uh, are quite good defensively, but. Um, ultimately, I think everyone's favourite. I think they're still favourites to go get relegated this season. So, I'd expect them to lose this one, um, even if they might not concede too many. Um, and so, is it? Will it be Mason Mount and Abraham continuing their run, or will another one like Pulisic put their hand up to be the the fantasy option for Chelsea? The only thing I'd say on Abraham, um, I watched the game and I thought he was impressive. But Lampard does like to rotate a lot, um, especially up front. And he was taken off on two goals. He was taken off on 74 minutes. You know, he was on a hat-trick, um, which is a strange move to take him off. You know, first goals for Chelsea, totally buoyed up and playing against a, a team who are conceding quite easily. He takes him off. So the only thing that I've been worried about is his minutes, even if he's playing well. He clearly wants, Lampard wants a lot of competition between him and Giroud. So that's the yeah. only kind of word of caution. That's a good point. It's a, he's definitely a small rotation risk. Um, I mean, he's winning that battle at the moment uh, with Giroud, but um, you're right. I mean, I guess it will keep him fresh, though, because you think um, Aubameyang and Lacazette rotated quite a lot last season, and Aubameyang ended up the top-scoring striker in the game. So it might still work, even if he gets rotated. 
Fair enough. I do think maybe maybe Sheffield United are a bit more canny than Norwich, um, and they might they might do all right in this fixture. I know you say you think Chelsea are going to win, maybe not by much, but I wonder if Sheffield United will have enough to to score against Chelsea because Chelsea are conceding goals. Um, they don't look very organised at the back, do they? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, I I wonder if Chelsea is setting down a little bit um, because they basically changed their entire team, um, especially at the the back with Zuma and Christensen coming in. Um, so maybe just those few games will make them better with each passing game. Or maybe it turns out Lampard isn't a great manager, having had one, just one season at Derby, and that they'll continue to concede throughout the season. So it's still a bit early to know for sure how Chelsea are going to perform this season. Um, but as I, as I say, I mean, I think they should. If they can't be beating Sheffield United at home, then um, they might be struggling. Big shout out to, to Lund. Lundstrom, who had another great chance to score. Um, apart from an amazing save by Kashibus Michael, he would have been in with another, surely, bonus point haul. So, yeah, he's still doing bits for Sheffield United, just might not be showing up in the points. Um, ben, what do you reckon to Palace versus Villa? So, both of these teams, I think, getting their first wins um, this game week. Uh, Palace obviously beating United, unfortunately for me and Matt. Um, and then Villa, I think, doing a good job beating Everton 2-0. Um, I don't know. I think this could be maybe a score draw. I, I think I was impressed that Palace seemed to get some of their fight back, which I I, I, I thought had gone. Um, I thought it was interesting that you know Gary Cahill came in straight away uh, to start and maybe he can shore up their defense. Although, I mean, he gave away a blatant penalty in that game, um, which I was quite upset about, but I think maybe he can add some resolve to that back line. And then I think Villa, um, I think most people fantasy managers are, I think, think their best player is, uh, John McGinn for 5.6. Uh, he had another impressive outing with the, with an assist. So, I think he's actually a pretty decent shout. If you're looking at midfield options in that in that price range, he seems like um, the best option. And then Villa's fixture run is also still pretty good. Um, but just because Palace are at home, and you know, we all grew up near Palace, I think I'll go for a score draw. Interesting with um, Cahill starting, you were saying, and I would expect that he would have taken the place of Kelly, but he actually took the place of Dan. And um, so Kelly at four point oh, if he's still at four point oh. Um, Great option. It looks like he's got the jersey over Dan, starting centre-back in a team that's going to be more solid with Cahill. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a good shout, um, especially if you're on a, a wild card and you need a 4.0 to fund things. Um, the only thing is Palace's fixture on is, is pretty bad um, next 10 fixtures or so. But yeah, I think as an enabler that will start, I think it's a good shout. Nice one. Um, what about Leicester Bournemouth? And this is one for me. Um, so I'm asking myself. Um, <laughs> I think Leicester have been woken up. Uh, Gary was shouting out, you know, uh, Vardy, you don't poke the bear. And he's now been activated. Um, they've turned him on. He's ready to destroy with anger. And I think Bournemouth are going to be quite a ripe team for the plucking. So um, I think before this game week, they conceded a huge amount of big chances. And... You know, the previews on Fantasy Football Scout were saying that uh, Man City were going to come to town and get quite a few goals. They didn't get as many as I think some of us expected, but they did get quite a few goals. Um, and I think Leicester, now that they're 
starting to click um, against Sheffield United. The front three were definitely combining really nicely. So Perez, Vardy, um, Madison, um, making nice triangles and attacking moves. They seem to have a bit more fluency um, getting into their groove a bit more. So I expect them to continue that against Bournemouth, who haven't looked great defensively. Um, Bournemouth, I'd still expect to keep ticking over. I think Callum Wilson, whilst he's not getting big hauls, is ticking over. Um, Josh King maybe can be left behind us, and we could just say, we do this every season with Josh King, we put him in because he's on penalties, but actually it's not worth it. We should go for other options. Um, he'll get a decent return at the end of the season, but it's not going to be incredible, I don't think. Maybe those those days where he burst onto the scene at 4.5 have slightly gone away a bit, um, and especially away from home like this is. I think the, the big one to shout at is Harry Wilson. I haven't seen the goal, but another goal for him for Bournemouth. Very confusing that Wilson is assisting Wilson. Um, you have to check which one it actually is. But Wilson scored a lot of goals at, at Derby last season, and he's he's hit the ground running with Bournemouth. And he, I think he's only 6.0 or close to that, unless he's gone up a little bit. So an interesting option. Um, but I know Eddie Howe likes to rotate, so how sure we can be about his starts, I don't know. But the main point, I'd say, for this game is the Leicester front three clicking against a team that are conceding a lot of big chances. So... If you have Perez or Telemans or um, Madison and, and you're th you know, looking at other players and who are already scoring those points, I think maybe this is one to hold on for. Um, what do you guys reckon? Would you agree? I mean, I've, I've been very impressed Madison these last few games. I think he's... Uh, I've, I've got I actually got Telemans on in my team, which is a bit more of a kind of... I got, I got grew attached to his performances last year. He did such a good job for me, but I, I think Madison might be the one to have. And he's... He's the top point field so far. Yeah, you just get the feeling he's going to kind of tick over quite nicely, don't you? Um, okay, Gary, what do you reckon to Man City, Brighton? Um, so I've got my prediction again. So um, it's, it's quite easy for the predictions. So um, I think against Brighton, it's probably a case of how many. I, I mean, I'd be very, very surprised if Brighton got anything out of this. Um, It'd be interesting to see what approach Brighton go with because under Chris Hewton, they were just very defensive and just wanted to limitation um, against City. And they, they did usually manage to keep the score down. They've never been real thrashing off City. I think they lose by two goals on average. But they never showed any chance of, of winning, really. I guess they briefly went ahead in that last game of the season but then capitulated. Um, is whether um, Graham Potter, whether he's got any kind of different approach. I suspect he might stick to the Houghton template and just try and go really defensive and close this game out. Um, in which case, I'd, I'd maybe go for a two or three goal victory for Man City. Um, but if he does go a bit maverick and decides to open up and play out from the back, um, don't, I don't rule out the chance of a real spanking because it, it could be a it could be a bit of a nightmare. So. I, my, my main advice is kind of captain your City players because um, if there is going to be a spanking this week, this will be it. Um, so I'll be captaining Sterling. Um, I'd actually think if I had Aguero, I'd captain him. I don't, but I think um, Aguero is the kind of player, like we've seen it against Newcastle in the past, like some of the weaker Premier League defences, he can just absolutely terrorise them. So um, assuming he plays, there's always the pep roulette of who's going to start with, but... Um, I'd be tipping Aguero for the man to watch for this game. 
you said this might be a spanking and and one man who definitely gives a good spanking or needs a good spanking is is our hero Florian Andone. Rick yes. Roy. Yes. No, I, I think I think he was trying to do that thing where he's like turning to shield the ball and around halfway through he thought oh I could actually um could leave one on the man and shield the ball and he got a bit carried away it, it, it wasn't as subtle as he thought he was going to be but um <laughs> i did see, did you see on match of the day that clip they didn't really explain it much but there was another player as they were warming up just ran up behind him another brighton player and absolutely belted him on the back of his calf like kicked him <laughs> so maybe they that his teammate got him so wound up like his teammates are kicking him as he just as he walks out onto the pitch before the game um that, that he's yeah he, he just got so that he had to get his revenge. Yeah, maybe he's another Vardy. You, you turn him on and he just goes and destroys. You just got to point him in the right direction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're very, very dangerous, but unfortunately for the wrong reasons. Um, moving on to Newcastle Watford, um, what do you reckon to that one, Matt? Um, it's quite an intriguing one, this, I think, because uh, Watford are definitely in a bit of trouble having lost all their games. Uh, Usually, sort of mid-table uh, safety with Watford, but they, they they've started really badly, and uh, I think their their manager's sort of top of the the sack race odds at the moment uh, because they they quite often press the button on sacking the managers quite quickly anyway. Um, but Newcastle have had a, a stunning victory away at Spurs as well, uh, which no one expected, and I think a lot of people were captain and Kane this week expecting Tottenham to fill their boots against. Uh, hapless Steve Bruce's uh, Newcastle where there's uh, just nothing but bad news coming out of the Mike Ashley ownership and I think in both cases actually it's probably, it's probably not as bad or as good as as people would make out so I think it's been shown out that Newcastle do have a little bit about them and they did spend a lot of money on their Brazilian striker Joe Linton they've got a bit of a spine to their team that's been around for a while in the Premier League and uh, you've still got the legacy of Rafa Benitez coaching to make them like a decent defensive outfit. Um, and Steve Bruce is quite a defensive manager as well. So I think they'll be difficult to beat this season and might might, might st- uh, stay out at the drop, even though that was my original prediction. Um, and Watford, I mean, I know that they've lost all their opening games and haven't necessarily played a, a big team um, in doing so. But I think they'll still be OK in the long run. I think they've got a bit of quality in there. I mean, they were FA Cup finalists last season. So I can see this one being... Um, the first goal will matter quite a lot, I think, because uh, I think from that, the other one two will be able to sit back and pick the other one off on the counter attack. And I think uh, it's finely balanced, but I think there could be goals. Um, one man who definitely needs to mention is mine and Gary's uh, hero, one of our heroes, Mark Noble, coming in. Get, I think Matt poo-pooed him as an FBL asset last week. Matt, what do you have to say for yourself? Uh, Mark Noble for West Ham in the Newcastle Watford preview. <laughs> Damn it! Duncan wants to move on already. Don't don't rule anything out with Noble. He's such a good player. <laughs> I'm looking at the next feature. Oh, Damn you! Um, oh, I've used up all my bullets before my even preview. Okay. Um, would you be thinking about anyone FPL wise from these two teams, Newcastle and Watford, or would you, if you have them? Um... Well, I have a bit of a transfer conundrum at the moment because I had Dini in my squad who I was hoping to uh, maybe get a goal against uh, West Ham's weak defence until he, he got himself injured and he has, he's had surgery, so he's out for a little while. So I've got to transfer him out. And one of the contenders I have is Joe Linton after his, his storming performance today. So um, 
I reckon he's a cheap striker that might bag a few, guaranteed to start. Um, so, yeah, he might, might be an all right pick. And the mention I, I meant to make, um, Decore, your season gut punt, continues his season of woe. After scoring an own goal, he's now given away a penalty and he looks a bit all over the place, doesn't he? Yeah, they, they need to shove him further up the field, I reckon. It's further away from goal, so uh, he can get some goals rather than keep conceding them. Um, but yeah, I think he's a good player, so he'll, he'll, he'll come good eventually, but he's not exactly a scoring every week uh, kind of player. And yeah, Watford's seem in a bit of trouble, but they, if they can get Delafau, Andre Gray, Pereira and uh, Decore doing some attacking moves, I think they'll score goals this season. It just, just hasn't clicked at all yet. Um, ben? West Ham Norwich. I'm now in the present, not in the future. What do you reckon to this fixture? Well, first, gotta go and mention Mark Noble, your favourite player, Duncan. <laughs> You've mentioned um, you actually like Mark Noble in a previous pod, which is controversial. And then today you've mentioned him even in the wrong fixture. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Mark Noble scored, obviously, um, against Watford. Um, I think the best shout in midfield is probably Lanzini. He's their top scorer right now at 6.5. And West Ham, I think everyone is kind of talking about Sebastian Haller, who braced against Watford, their new big money signing, and showing signs of um, living up to his price tag. And I think if you're on a wild card, he may be an interesting punt um, just because... I think this Norwich game will be very open. Both teams like to play um, attacking, open football. And then West Ham's fixture run isn't that bad. So I think West Ham will edge this one. And I think there are goals in it for both of them. So obviously on Norwich, Norwich's side, everyone knows about Pukki. I suspect the Pukki train can continue against West Ham. I actually brought in, I think you did Duncan too, Todd Cantwell. Cantwell? Todd Cantwell? at 4.6 he has started every game for Norwich and is ticking along nicely uh, got a goal against Chelsea uh, two assists against Newcastle the game before um, so I may actually start him this game week against West Ham um, just because I think it'll be an open game um, so yeah I'm, I'm hoping their goals in this um, watch it turn out to be a nil-nil or something <laughs> It certainly looks like goals, doesn't it? Because um, Norwich can't defend. West Ham aren't famous for their defending and both teams attacking is starting to click. So, yeah. Um, Haller, definitely, they said on a match that they had shades. Some of his attempts on goal were so acrobatic for a big man. It was shades of um, Zlatan, but I prefer to see Peter Crouch, you know, big man with the acrobatics. Um, yeah, a bigger legend for me, Peter Crouch. And... Um, Next up is Burnley-Liverpool, and this is one for me. Um, I think I think this is a tough one. I think Burnley uh, played good football this season, and when they come up against a bigger team, I think they slightly struggled. I think the scales may are tipped slightly in their favour because they're at home, and Liverpool have looked shaky, slightly shaky at the back, although I think that's going to be ironed out the further we go into the season. Um, definitely looked at a bit tighter against um, Arsenal. They seem very keen still on playing a high line and I don't think Burnley have the pace um, to get away from their defenders if Liverpool play a high line against Burnley. I don't think Barnes or Wood really have the pace and apart from that their midfield is um, 
hardworking but not exactly speed speedsters. So yeah, I, I see Liverpool pressing them, pushing high, um, and Firmino is is in incredible form. Maybe not getting the massive returns, but um, he doesn't really do that. It's more from the eye test. He just looks really sharp and in the box, in a tight congested box, which Burnley I think will create. He might um, prosper quite well, and off him you get Salah, you get Mane. Um, yeah, so Liverpool pretty. Pretty obviously, I'd say to win this. I think Burnley, um, I would back to score because Liverpool have conceded set pieces, um, you know, things like that. Barnes is on great form, shouting out my hero, Ashley Barnes, um, another goal this, this game week. And I think he can do the same, him or Wood can do the same against Liverpool, but I think it's likely to be only the one. And I think Liverpool are going to get, you know, more than that, maybe two or three. Um, Tough for Liverpool, but I think they'll come through it. Yeah. In terms of FPL assets, um, yeah, I think people are moving away from the the two Liverpool doubling up on the Liverpool defence. I think that's probably wise at the moment, um, whilst um, Alisson is recovering and generally whilst they look a bit out of form. So it's just picking the one that you want. I have gone for Van Dijk because I think he's going to play every game and his ownership is just so high. You know, it's around 50%. And if he he looks more of a threat, I think, more confident, more of a threat from corners. So if he gets that goal, it's a real rank killer if you don't have him. And I do think Alexander-Arnold is going to outscore him. He's going to you know, get so many assists and, and goals from free kicks and stuff like that. But I just think Van Dijk is going to play every game. Um, so it's kind of a safe pick. Yeah. Um, anyone else want to jump in on that or we can move on to Sunday's games? Silence. Okay, Gary. Everton versus Wolves, what do you reckon? Okay, so this one this one's quite tough to call, I think. Um, my, my initial instinct was that these are two quite defensive Portuguese managers, so it might be quite cagey and they might not want to, um, kind of, neither team would want to have the ball much, they might want to counter-attack. Um, but then I looked at last season and there was four goals in both of the games, home and away, no one got a clean sheet. Um, and Ruben Neves, 5.5 million, Raul Jimenez, 7.4 million. They, they scored both home and away um, in these games. So, worth thinking about them. I was going to send, say, off the back of that, maybe Wolves to shave it, but then I remembered that they're playing Torino on Thursday. Uh, they need to, to get through, a, probably get a draw from that game, and then they'll, they'll, go, they'll qualify for the Europa League. But that might just take a little bit out of them. Um, so, that's going to that's gonna say to me that Everton might shade it. Um, the problem you've got with Everton, the, the back four are very settled. The midfield have been quite consistent, but you've got new guys coming in like Iwobi. And will, will he suddenly get in the team? Who will he knock out? Um, there's a couple of fantasy football favourites in Richarlison and Sigurdsson at, at 7.9 million. They've not, they've not done anything yet. Um, so it's whether, whether to stick with those guys or to take a to take a punt on someone like Bernard or, um, or indeed with Iwobi who've just come in. Um, but then I decided to take a punt in the opposite direction and I've gone for Musa Keane, um, who I brought into my team last week. Uh, this was a bit of a risk because he's not, he's not starting yet, but I'm thinking surely they must bring him in. They can't keep starting Calvert-Lewin. And he does look bright. He, he should have set up, um, laid on a goal for Walcott, but Walcott blazed it over. 
against Villa. And Tam maybe backing him to start this one for Wolves and to to, to maybe make the difference. Fair enough. And I, I love that you've, you've gone back to your Maverick ways after your early season sensibleness. You kind of picked a player who's, you know, a bit on the fringes. So I think that's a really good shout. And I totally agree that um, DCL, it's time for him to go on the bench maybe. Yeah, I, th- I think um, he just doesn't score enough goals. And what, from what I've seen of Kane or Ken, I think they pronounce, yeah, he he's kind of makes a he's got that pace to run in behind, but he can also hold the ball up. And I, I think Everton generally are a good team, and he should get a little, quite a few chances for them. So, so maybe he can make a difference. So I'm I'm anticipating if he does score a couple of goals, he might he might be one where the price suddenly goes up very quickly. I think. Um... You're saying Wolves got to play the second leg against Torino, and I think they only won that 3-2. So I would expect a, quite a first team or close to it against uh, Torino in the second leg. But Everton also have Carling Cup, as a lot of teams do, a lot of Premier League teams do this week. So another chance to check out their lineups and who might be playing and who might be rested um, and what clues that will give to, to this game. Um, so that's definitely one to watch out for, I think. Um Next up, it is Arsenal Spurs, and that's one for Matt. Yeah, I mean, yeah, just on your mention of the Carling Cup, it's it's a good thing to note that there's a lot of midweek games going on. So now, if you're of the penchant like Andy to make the really early transfer, uh, then it's, it gets increasingly risky that the injuries could come up in your squad midweek uh, from some of the midweek actions. So it's better to hang on if you really can. Um, but yeah, Arsenal Spurs... Uh, both teams coming off a loss this weekend. Uh, both teams, I think, gunning for that sort of uh, can they get the Champions League alongside sort of Man U and Chelsea uh, this year. And this game usually has goals. It's usually quite entertaining. So it's another really difficult one to predict. Um, both teams be sort of quite fired up. Bama Yang and Kane, I'd, I'd both say, very strong chances of scoring, both the, both the star strikers. Um, and Behind that, it's it's trying to pick who the regular starters are. So Spurs didn't play Ericsson. Would he still be there um, come, come next weekend? If he is there, is he happy? Um, and then Son's come back. Does that mean that Mora or Lamella drop out? Uh, so it's a selection headaches uh, other than Kane for, for Spurs attack. Uh, and then for, for Arsenal as well, it seems to be settling down with the front three Danny Onions had a, a bad game against Liverpool. So will they go back to Torreira, who then came on and scored? Will he do a bit of rotation? Um, bit of a question mark there as well. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it, it's a really intriguing one to look out for. Um, and I am I have more currently in my squad. I'm very tempted to cash in that £7.5 million, uh, But I'm just going to sort of wait and see through the midweek fixtures and what, what the, the team news looks like before, before making a decision. We should say Danny Onions is Ceballos, just for anyone who doesn't speak Spanish as well as Gary, um, who translated us that for us last week. Um, yeah, I mean, fair enough. This one is quite hard to pick. I agree that I think there will be goals. The only one I would pick out from an Arsenal point of view is um, Pepe, who started in a very advanced role, almost playing two up front with Aubameyang for the pace on the break. Um, and that was quite exciting to see him start and you know how 
he didn't really have the finishes in front of goal, but he definitely had the pace and the trickery. So I think based on his performance, I, I'd see him starting against Spurs and starting hopefully for the foreseeable um, and providing a real threat. Just He's just been slightly overpriced, I think, at 9.5 on a level with Son and De Bruyne. And I think that's a bit harsh for your first season in the Premier League. So maybe not one for now, but a nice price point if you've got De Bruyne, you've got Son, got another option there for maybe later in the season once he's uh, adapted fully but yeah yeah apart from that i agree goals um yeah one to watch um next up let's chat whipping boys gary mentioned already he thought it was going to be brighton against man city um what do you think matt i think uh, that's definitely the the strongest contender um and where most captains are going to go i think this week okay ben do you concur uh, yep. Yeah, we're all in agreement. So Brighton are our whipping boys, Potter's boys, um, look in danger and Sterling captaincies, De Bruyne transfers and, and maybe even Man City defenders getting clean sheets uh, finally would be nice. Um, so that is our tip for this week. What about clean sheets? Gary, I'm going to come to you first for your clean sheet. OK, then, well, I'll, I'll stick with Man City then. Man City clean sheet, home to Brighton. One okay, Matt. What do you reckon? Um, I'm going to go for uh, I reckon Chelsea might keep a clean sheet against Sheffield United in a low scoring affair. Okay, what do you reckon, Ben? I'm gonna back Liverpool to get their first clean sheet of the season, even, even with Ashley Barnes on red hot form. Okay, fair enough. Um, I think I'm gonna go for Palace. I think Gary Cahill's introduction, I like that. And Villa, although they've got a lot of goal threat, I think um, it's Palace at home, and I think they, they're pretty tight at the back. Hopefully, so yeah, that's my shout. Gary, back to you. Uh, a very punty, punty uh, clean sheet, but I fancy Watford to keep a clean sheet at Newcastle. Uh, so we'll be playing Holabas in my team this week. Yeah, they're playing for the manager's job, so they've got to pull their finger out. Um, Matt, can you see any more? Um, I, I I don't know if this is like heart overhead, but I do think Man U still have a good chance of get, getting a clean sheet away at Southampton. Um, I watched their, their, their game away against Wolves um, for all 90 minutes, and I think be, being away from home with our sort of counter-attacking style of play and press it, pressing a bit, I think might quite suit us um, against a team like Southampton. Um, so let's see. Yeah, a bit of a doubtful one, but it's it's on there. I'm just not sure because I know Southampton, their attackers looked much more confident. You know, Redmond getting on the score sheet this week and seem to be slightly clicking. So, yeah, it remains to be seen, but that is the last pick, unless anyone else has any more. No? Okay, so we'll leave it there. Um, Fanatics League. Um, see how the listeners are doing and who's ahead of us at the moment. So I'm not sure it's going to be completely updated yet because we're recording on Sunday evening. But the moment at the top is John Hartupe uh, with my Aki Breaky Heart. Good team name. Coming in with a score of 85 points. Um, a pretty high score for this week, I would say, definitely in comparison to me. He's got Haller up front. He's made uh, two transfers this week. So... I'm assuming that wasn't Haller, based on his form so far. But Haller up front with Pookie, that's pretty impressive. 
Mount, Sterling, De Bruyne, Salah captaincy. He's got Lamella in there, which is a nice kind of outsider punt. He's getting the minutes at the moment. Wambasaka, Zinchenko, Alexander-Arnold and Matt Ryan. So a pretty strong team and it's slightly different to a lot of teams I've seen. So, yeah, really nice. What do you think, guys? I, I like that team. It's uh, There's a lot to support on a, on a weekend because like, there's quite unusual players. So you've got the differentials, but it seems to be clicking so far, some of those players. Yeah. Once the league's fully updated, if we see anyone with a higher game week score, we'll shout them out on Twitter. But at the moment, it's... John Hartapee, he's the man to beat currently. And okay, what about the Fancy Football Fanatics joint team? How is the Hive Mind doing that? So the Hive Mind, uh, I don't know if bonus has been been worked in just yet, but is on forty seven points. Um, our selection of Kane as captain uh, has backfired on us, unfortunately, uh, as it has many a manager this week. Uh, but I mean. 47s, it's it's all right for this game week. Um, and so it was Pookie and uh, Alexander-Arnold and, and Sterling that bailed us out and got some points. And Donny luckily was sitting on our bench, uh, so we didn't didn't play him. So his minus two stays there. Um, so, yeah, all in all, uh, an OK week. But uh, getting the captaincy wrong, I think, has, has hurt the hive mind. And... I'm, I'm looking at our fixtures for some of our players. We've got uh, Lewis Dunk this week away to Man City. I, I would say that he needs to be dropped. Yes. So um, transfers this week, we, we try and go with like the, the highest scorer to have this sort of final say on uh, their, their option of transfer. So I think, I think Gary's winning it this week. So I think Gary will have the final say on transfer options. Um, I'll just talk through quickly what the, what the team's shaping up like. Um, so, with Kane away at Arsenal, there's sort of uh, do we do we go with the the fact that that's usually a goal scoring fixture and, and keep with Kane as captain, or do we go with Sterling and home to Brighton? I think probably probably st- Sterling home to Brighton. The players that looking most uh, possible transfer contenders, I think Ayosa Perez continues to blank, but played in that front three that looked looked quite quite enterprising. So it depends if we want to stay loyal to him. Um, We've got at the back, as you say, Kelly and Dunk. Uh, Kelly's sort of the four, four million, but will, will will he get replaced soon um, uh, as other players come back? Uh, do we even transfer out Dunk or do we cash in on some of our Liverpool defenders as well? Alexander, Arnold and uh, Van Dyke both in there. Um, Gary, what are your initial transfer thoughts? Um so my, my initial thoughts are that I think the defence looks solid. We can bring in our two Palace players off the bench. Um, so we can bring in Gaeta and Kelly to, t- to take the place of Gunn, who's, who's got Man United, and Dunk at Man City. Um, I'd be t- I might be tempted. I don't, I don't know if we have any money in the bank. I might be tempted to stick and bank the transfer again for next week. Um, I kind of agree that Perez is one that we could be looking at and there are some like Mason Mount we could look to bring in for, for Perez. But I, I think with Leicester at home to Bournemouth, we could give Perez one more go and then we could maybe do something a bit more interesting next week if we have the two free transfers. All right. Yeah, we've got 0.3 in the bank um, at the moment. Dunk, do you reckon we should do any transfers or, or do you agree to save it? No, I mean, I think in my preview, I was saying that I like the Leicester front three. So I think... I've said that and I'd like to stick with it at the moment, but I do agree that Mount would be the nice option. 
to move to from Perez if we've got any worries. Um, apart from that, yeah, I think Kelly comes in nicely for Dunk. Um, I agree, Geiter in for Dunk, for Gunn, that looks nice. And actually, I think having Van Dyke and Alexander Arnold is quite nice. I think a lot of people have shipped out on the Liverpool defence double up. Um, and I think those two have looked the most attacking, uh, the most kind of points getting of the Liverpool back line. So it's nice having them both in this team because as soon as they score, um, you know, bonus follow, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah, Sterling captaincy. Apart from that, I'm happy to hold, I think. All right, nice. Ben, any thoughts? No, I, I agree in holding. I think maybe more medium term, we may want to look at downgrading Kane, which is funny because I just brought him in on my wild card and maybe <laughs> getting uh, De Bruyne somewhere. But I think we can tackle that once we, we bank a transfer, maybe. Right. Yeah, I, I quite like, um, I, I guess we, we might be coming on to him in a second, but Haller at West Ham looked very impressive. So he might be one one of the, the options if you want to get three or four million through... Um, Downgrading Kane. How much yeah. is Salah? Seven. Seven point four, I think. Seven point four five. I just wonder if you can get, you know, you can get a similar kind of value, a, a less price, sorry, similar amount of goals at a lesser price. But I think that's... I think Kane has a good record against Arsenal, doesn't he? So maybe we stick with Kane this week, but that could be a shout for next week. He definitely has a good record against Arsenal. <laughs> I can agree with that. All right, excellent. And uh, we all agreed on Sterling, captain instead of Kane? Yeah. 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 All right, I think we're all set then. Um, it looks like a fairly solid team, so long as uh, Palace get that clean sheet and, uh, yeah, Kane, Kane gets in the goals. Maybe next time we have a transfer dilemma, so it doesn't look like it's going to be this week, but maybe, Ben, you can tweet it to the guys on Twitter and put a poll out and see what people think. Yep. We can add them to the hive mind, make a decision. <laughs> make it even more difficult if this wins the whole overall thing. But the hive <laughs> mega mind. Share out. Well, what do you win if you win the whole of FPL? A couple of a couple of tickets and speedboat, isn't it? <laughs> um, Gary, what, what about Gary's gut punts? How are we doing? Okay, so. Um, this week, I, I was the best. I gave uh, McNeil, who got six points, so I've extended my lead at the top. Um, we've had a few disappointing ones this week. Um, Lamella just got two points. Trossard just got two points. Um, and Luke Shaw, who Matt went for, just the one point. And mentioned uh, earlier, Luke Shaw didn't even have him in his own fantasy football team. So <laughs> um, there's a guidance there. Um, I just wanted to take issue with one of the listeners who mentioned, I think in the comments, that my predictions lacked conviction. So I'm going to try and give you some conviction here. I've gone with my gut punts the last two weeks of Pookie, who got a hat-trick, and McNeil, who got an assist this week. So bet the house, bet your entire savings, and go for Tammy Abraham. He's, <laughs> um, he's a player who I'm not completely convinced is top top of the Premier League quality, but against championship standard teams um, like Norwich, he's very dangerous. So uh, at home to Sheffield United, he should be banging the goals. So, so he's my, um, my gut, gut pump for this week. Um, I think a few of us have gone for strikers this week. So um, we, we mentioned Haller briefly, but Duncan, do you want to talk a bit more about him? Well, I mean, my other options that I've really looked at, first of all, were 
Southampton options because you know, the other contender for whipping boys is obviously Man United. So, <laughs> Redmond, Redmond, shout out to him. Danny Ings as well, looking dangerous. But Gineppo, and the new signing, the Mali international, getting off the mark. I like the look of him. He's on a, a good run, and I loved his goal celebration. The whole team around him doing the dance with him that he was doing to all of them. So he's clearly popular, having only just joined. But that's enough of Southampton. Haller, yeah, I mean, acrobatic, um, charismatic. He's a big presence, and I just think, um, yeah, I just thought they're going to they're going to get goals this week. It's against Norwich. Norwich like to attack, 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 and their centre backs are all over the place. So. Someone with a bit of um, bit of presence like Haller is going to cause a lot of problems. I think he he's got a lovely midfield in behind him as well, hasn't he? He's got Anderson feeding him on one wing, Yarmolenko on another, and Lanzini through the middle. And obviously, yeah. creativity is Mark Noble a bit deeper. <laughs> 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 and when when those guys are injured, West Ham now have the squad to to fill in those positions. There's Antonio. There's other players. Um, it's four nails. You know, there's a lot of players in there competing for those places. So, yeah, it looks good to them up front at the moment. So, Ben, you've also gone for the for West Ham this week. You're you're going with Lanzini. Yeah, similar thinking to Duncan, except he took Haller before me. Um, Lanzini, their highest scoring midfielder, 2% ownership. Um, I, I fancy a, a goal or assist. And Matt, you've gone for, for Joe Linton from Newcastle, who got off the mark a little bit earlier. Yeah, so I was talking him up um, earlier in the previews. Um, I just think against uh, Watford, who are like the, the strugglers, uh, early season strugglers at the moment, um, he, he stands a chance. I think, uh, again, I think Hallow is a, is a good pick uh, this week, but I've gone for a bit, bit more puntier with the lower priced, lower owned uh, Joe Linton, who I think is yeah, sort of same sort of big man up front type role where. Hopefully the crosses fly in. He can uh, he can bury one. And just to round it off, Andy this week is going for Harvey Barnes, who scored the absolute screamer um, against United um, last uh, last Saturday. Um, so hopefully he'll get a get a start because he's a he's a very promising young player. So so they're the gut punts for this week, and I'll keep updating you on how it's going. But um, I think Matt, Matt is not not backing up his title very well at all. It's kind of a Chelsea under Mourinho <laughs> title defence. He, he's last by quite a margin, and I'm I'm leading from Dunk at the moment. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. Still early days. We've got autumn coming. I can work on my gut then. <laughs> nice one, guys. Um, if if you don't already uh, follow us on Twitter, give us a follow at FPL FF Fanatics. Get in touch with us there. It's great to hear from you guys, and it's, it's so nice to see so many people joining the fantasy football fanatics league as well it's nice to compete against you and we said it we're not going to be at the top for long and we've got a new leader now um so if you want to join that league it's lowercase k zero seven lowercase o lowercase o lowercase f um yeah also if you've got the time and you like the show then give us a, a review on apple podcast or wherever you get your pods um we'd really appreciate it and other people can find us as well as well so that'd be brilliant um I think that's all from us. So I'm going to thank you for your insight, Gary. Thanks very much. See you next week. Especially the insight into the Manchester United FPL team. That was brilliant. Yeah, we should invite them to join our league. It'd be good to, to take on Chris Smalling and Phil Jones. Yeah, we can invite them all, but um, maybe not the, the new signing, James. <laughs> He's not allowed in. 
Yeah, no, definitely not. <laughs> Thank you for your insight, Matt. I would love to beat uh, Smalling in a fantasy football game. Because I hate that player. <laughs> And thank you for your insight, Ben. Thanks. I'm, I'm looking forward to the Pookie song. Oh, yeah. Roll on, Pookie.
Scott Bob, Bob